don't want to be strong like men who look pretty. I want to be strong like bitch that fight bears in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You did great. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Bitch vs. Bear with your hostess and the mostess, me, Cindy. And me, Amber. My bestie. You guys in there? I did. We are co-owners <laughs> of Shield Maiden Trading Co. And this is a show where we bitch, laugh, and chat about all things fitness related to the to women and the LGBTQIA community. True story. True story. Uh, so this week we are continuing to talk about body positivity. Um, specifically, looking at the intersection of body positivity body positivity and athleticism something that maybe amber doesn't have a lot of and i only say that because she rolled an ankle walking the dog and now she has to have her leg propped up athleticism isn't the thing that you would be known for but the other no. but after our conversation with lauren i think you are an athlete the fact that you have little athleticism when it comes to walking <laughs> which seems to be your biggest struggle. You can climb a wall, you can do yoga, but it's the walking that you have the issue with. It does seem to be that way, yes. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna take a look at the myth of the ideal athletic body. Yes, Yeah. big myth around that. Yeah. So there's this idea that hard training creates a certain type of best body, uh, if you're not watching the video, I'm using your quotes, best body, uh, which perpetuates the idea that if you don't look good, then you likely don't work hard. Yes. And that's such bullshit. Yes. Uh, what is this note about? The, uh, the, the note is about moving forward. When we use the term uh, athlete, we're not necessarily referring to pro athletes right we will yes. try and make an indication of when we are referring to professional athletes because i do think that there is a difference between yes that and we take a lot of body image things from people who are paid mm. to perform at a very elite level yeah which is silliness for those of us who have to just like you know carry our groceries up the stairs yeah you can't be comparing yourself to a professional athlete because that's silly. Yes. But I do think that those uh, those of us who exercise, train, play sports uh, recreationally or as a hobby can still be referred to as athletes. Like Agreed. that's totally fair. Yes. Yep. Cool. I agree. So Wait. there's I definitely so. that pressure to conform to air quotes, a traditional <laughs> athletic body type. So what is an athletic body type? I think it's important for us to define what most of us think of as an athletic body type. Right. When you kind of conjure that in your mind, that somebody who's not curvy, mm -hmm. their shoulders and their hips are nearly the same width. Uh, their waist is small and well-defined. Um, they have proportional weight distribution. Mm -hmm. They're muscular or toned. Um, and they have like a, a low body fat percentage. Yeah. That's, we can all kind of picture that person. Right. Um, and over the last 30 years, 
30 years or so, the fitness industry has really expanded the perception that it, that there is a highly like athletic person and they have to look like this. Right. Like that's the only way that you can be an athlete, which is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so like, yeah, it, they, it, we really focus on that body appearance. This is how you know that you're an athlete. I think of, and, that, and this may be wrong, but going back to um, earlier episodes in the month, like thinking about like Mia Hamm and mm. like seeing that Michael Jordan, like that's when those really, like, I think that era is when it really became this like idea of like, this is what an athletic body is. Right. Yeah. Because you go back and watch like old baseball, they're like smoking in the dugouts, <laughs> like <laughs> football, they're like pop a beer on the at halftime. <laughs> like they just like look like normal dudes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like love that. It, it would that if you like think about like 1930s baseball, those guys, like Babe Ruth, if you one of the greatest baseball players of all time, art like nobody's gonna argue that. Incredibly famous. Pudgy man, <laughs> like, you know, that, that was, he did not have the, what we now think of as the most athletic body. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this pressure that is put on, uh, you know, athletes um, really has an impact on their mental health and well-being. You know, stress is the top reported issue among college athletes, followed by anxiety and depression, which is wild because like when you're working out, it's supposed to make you feel good, right? Yeah, right. Um, (laughs) Little counterproductive there. Uh, But a lot of this is because like, one, just the stress of having to perform at that level, Mm -hmm. right? And then because you have to put so much focus um, on this performance, Athletes can neglect their stress management, self-care strategies. Like they're not focusing on those things that would help them. Um, a lot of us use us, you know, athletes, athletes, um, non-professional athletes, uh, utilize exercise as a stress management tool. But when you're pushing yourself to try and reach that pro level, that athletic quote unquote, athletic body type that you're trying to reach. Um, it can be hard to separate that, that intersection between like, Oh yeah. Where are we just managing our health? And now where are we pushing it too far where we're impacting our health (laughs) in a negative way? Um, and so stress can increase the risk of injury and injury can impact mental health and increase depression. Um, you're now keeping yourself from being able to work out. You're adding stress because you can't yeah. do your normal routine. It's like a whole big ball a, of cycles. Yeah, it's a whole big ball <laughs> of cycles. And I think one of the more, and, and you and I both having participated in CrossFit, I think is a very clear example. At one point, CrossFit and the CrossFit games was an attainable thing for the everyday CrossFit athlete. That's how it started. That's like, wild. The, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> if you go back and like look at, I don't know, 2009, 2010, I mean, they're, they're not 
doing anything that was spectacular. Like that was like things that you would see like most of your everyday CrossFit athletes doing. Like we've seen people in our gym setting mm-hmm. do what they were doing. This is where that blend that happens where they everybody started to level up. There's a lot of competition. There was a lot of pressure put on them um, and the everyday kind of CrossFit athlete. And for a while it was sustainable and there was the open and there was all these things. And you could be that person who, you know, had a full-time job and kids and also made it to the CrossFit games. Um, It is no longer that way. They are professional athletes and it has leveled up. And I think, while CrossFit has done a lot of positive things in the fitness industry, that they failed to do a good job of separating when it became apparent that people are unlikely to get to that stage without mm-hmm. sacrificing other things and that these are now professional athletes. Yeah. I think it's becoming more c- clear now, but there was a while there where there was a lot of people getting injured and it gave them a bad name because they were trying to strive for something that was an athletic performance, but they were there because they wanted to be like healthier. Right. So like they're injuring themselves. They're, they're putting all of it in and then they're getting into this cycle of like, I'm not, I'm not getting my double unders or putting a lot of pressure or I'm not hitting the numbers that I want to hit. And if Mm -hmm. I want to make it to the games, then I have to do these things. And it became this kind of like, you know, demon (laughs) where, people were doing silly things in the gym because it was outside of their level or they didn't understand that, you know, those were professional athletes in the games. Um, They're getting paid to do that. And all they do is work out and train and they have people feeding them and, you know, those can feed me. Right. (laughs) I'm not not professional. I just want somebody to come feed me. You're like, I identify as an athlete. Where's my chef? Right. Um, Which is so interesting because as somebody who, only came into the CrossFit realm recently. To me, like the open was always for professional athletes. <laughs> like, like, yeah, obviously like no average person is going to go do that. I love that. I love that. That was, yeah, but that's how it started. Yeah. I, go, you should Google like 20. I think Annie Thor's daughter won in like one of the first, She's one of the top female athletes and she's continued to be. And I think she won in like 2009, 2010. And it was like, she like her butterfly pull-ups were like trash. (laughs) And like, like they, yeah, they were just regular everyday people who just like really liked the methodology and the like thing behind CrossFit. And so Mm -hmm. they like, Oh, let's throw together a little competition. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah. Until it's not. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Until it's not. Um, and striving, striving for a body image that looks like a professional athlete yeah, is n- not achievable by most people. Again, because we don't have professional chefs. Like, we don't have professional chefs. We have to like work yeah. a real job. Yeah. Not that like professional, well, not that professional athletes aren't like a real job, but but it's different. It's like a different that job. they have they can prioritize their yeah. sport and their craft and like, those things. That's what they're doing. Yep. Um, and like, you know, we have to go to the grocery store and take care of children or dogs. Yeah. Uh, 
So the role of the fitness industry in promoting diverse athletic body types. It, has there been a role? <laughs> there hasn't. In promoting? <laughs> in promoting? Diverse. <laughs> I don't think we have done a good job now. Um, and I think that's, that's what this month is about is yeah. like, there is this shift, there is this movement and we need to be on the forefront of it. We need mm -hmm. to be the ones saying like you, you don't have to look a certain way to be considered an athlete mm -hmm. and you should feel good about identifying as an athlete. Even if you don't have those six pack abs or you yeah. don't have, you know, the rippling muscles of Michael Jordan in his prime. <laughs> Sorry, I used the word rippling and it's- It was very weird. It was very weird. It's a weird visual. Yeah. So I, I think you can agree with this too, that we think it's a critical element to ensure the longevity and the success of the fitness industry is to promote positive body images, mm -hmm. help define new language yes. and move away from thinking that those professional athletes are the only type of body that is athletic. Yes. I agree with that. Good. Yeah. How do they do that? <laughs> How do we do that as a fitness industry? How do we do that? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, we need to be creating space that is accessible to everyone. Yeah. Um, you know, I think last, last episode, it's all running together now um, that we were talking about, you know, coaches, um, gym owners, folks who are instructing other human beings in fitness need to be ready to accommodate, to recommend um, modifications to movements for different bodies. Um, you know, breaking down those barriers of, well, I'm too fat to go to the gym. I'm too fat to do yoga. Like that's wrong. Yeah. Everybody can do yoga. Everybody can go to the gym. Yeah. Um, you just need to find the right space that makes that accessible for you. Um, and, you know, creating space where people of all ages, races, genders, body types, abilities feel comfortable and supported. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that is finding a space where the coaches are knowledgeable about all body types um, and how to modify. Um, and it can mean providing a space where people feel confident in their abilities and a place where they feel like they belong. Yes. And I think for me, what that means is like the confidence level of like, you know, CrossFit and I'm using CrossFit as an example. There was, you know, the, the RX weight, the prescribed weight, um, where it, it felt really unattainable for a lot of people. Yeah. And like CrossFit is infinitely scalable, but creating, and we keep using that word creating, it's on the gym owners, it's on the coaches, mm -hmm. it's on the trainers to say and to make it feel okay that you don't have to hit that number. Yeah. Like that you should feel confident to pick up any barbell, yeah. any any dumbbell and mm -hmm. utilize that to, to achieve what you're looking for. Yes. Um, and I think we in the fitness industry have not done a great job of that. I think mm -hmm. there are certain brands that are working at doing that. Um, I can think of like Metabolic who creates lanes 
where they they set out weights mm-hmm. and they they look at their roster ahead of time who signed up for that class and they they help pick and create a space where it's like you know what today i'm not feeling the you know blue lane i'm gonna go into the white lane it's a little lighter but i'm still gonna get the same stimulus yeah. um like it should be a range of like or like a this is gonna sound very crunchy granola, but like a feeling like mm-hmm. i'm not feeling great so i'm gonna work with a lighter weight i'm feeling good today i'm gonna work with a moderate weight or like hey you should be striving like within this cycle that we're working through in our class we should be working at a high weight today yes yep you know build up like go up from what you did last week go down from what you did last week like that should be the kind of language yes. not this is the prescribed workout yes. that is unattainable for most of the people in the gym yes <laughs> and i also think it even could be as simple as like how you lay things out yes. like yeah you you probably have a, an entire like set of dumbbells and they go up to x weight 85 or something Mm-hmm. who's who there's few and far between who are using those higher weights yeah. right get more 20 pound weights get more <laughs> make it so that there's more of those le- uh, lower weights so that people gravitate towards them they're accessible they're easy yeah. right like they're right there or when you are laying out your gym or, or reformatting it make those ones the ones that people can easily get to and your yes. higher weights are the ones that are kind of tucked away because they're not going to get utilized quite yeah. as much because as humans we're naturally inclined to compete against each other in some way yes. and so like you're always having this like one-upping yeah <laughs> and it's something like it hurt yeah and like a little competition is fine mm-hmm. but like there's definitely been times when I was going to the CrossFit gym where I I tend to scale down because like obviously, but like I could have used a slightly higher weight, but there weren't any. Mm-hmm. So I had to either go into one that I was uncomfortable using because it was going to be too much or go lower to one that I didn't, that I was beyond using. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so ooh, I, we use creating a lot when we say these things and that's what we mean when we say yeah. creating it's like and accessible and yes it's like those little things that can make a huge difference yeah so took a moment and i found some athletic people who okay. are um most of these people are paid to do what they do in some form Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to pick also some Olympians who don't get paid. They get like stipends and things, but like most okay. of them have careers outside of that. So to help us like recognize that athleticism comes in a lot of different bodies. And if you were to Google these bodies, they probably wouldn't look what you, they don't look how you think and traditional professional athlete looks. So even showcasing, like we've talked about in this episode that athletes come in a lot of different bodies mm-hmm. and even professional athletes come in a lot of different bodies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to take the first one because actually she competed today. She was at okay. the Pan Americans. She's an Olympic weightlifter. Um, it's Mary Thiesen Lappin, coach Mary on Instagram. Um, she's, uh, okay. Yeah. I've seen, yeah, I've seen her. Yeah. yeah. So she's a super heavy. So she's a, she's a bigger lady. 
Um, she is a rogue athlete, so she's sponsored by Rogue, and she is the American record holder for the clean and jerk. She broke it in 2020. She was relatively unknown in Olympic weightlifting up until about 2018. She was a track and field athlete prior oh, to that and was scouted to go into to Olympic lifting. Um, wow. And yeah, she's she is a, a bigger lady. Um, another super heavy, and I'm calling them out because they are bigger. Yeah. Um, is Sarah Robles, who has been um, an Olympian, and she has broken lots of records, holds a lot of records still to this day. Um, and they're just not what you would consider a traditional kind of female athlete. They're yeah. out there crushing weight. And it's they're amazing. doing it like Mary, uh, Maddie Rogers, all of them. They Everybody has like butterfly clips in their hair and dyed hair oh, and like long it. eyelashes so like they're still they still feel pretty but they're yeah. just incredibly strong and like awesome. you would look at them and be like if you saw them on the street if you saw sarah robles on the street you'd be like oh she's fat and lazy like rude go go look up sarah robles <laughs> if you saw her that that uh what did we talk about last week the body shaming and critiquing other mm, people yes you would you would peg her and not know that mm -hmm. she's an olympian yeah that's wild yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so that was my first one i wanted to throw that out there because okay. they they lifted today and it was insane <laughs> that's awesome yeah i love that uh, let's see. The next person you have on this list is also an Olympian in rugby. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how to say their first name. Alana Mar. Alana Mar. She's, Lauren mentioned her on the podcast. This oh, is yeah. a rugby player who is, she's a female rugby player, which are, there's a stigma that goes around playing rugby really? as a female. What's the stigma, Sid? Um, <laughs> that their members, everyone on the team is a lesbian. Alphabet Mafia. <laughs> alphabet mafia and that they're very butch and like that kind of thing um she wears lipstick like playing games like she's and she talks a lot about body positivity Aww. on her page um one of the, the best reels i saw her do recently i feel bad she just broke her ankle so she's not playing right now she Aww. just had after surgery um oh, sucks. but she did this reel where it's like her her uh, rig is outside and she's got the bench press bar set up and she's like sitting there looking at the camera and then she like stands up and does like the captain morgan <laughs> and then she's like okay did you get that and then oh you did okay great i'm gonna take this weight off the bar i would never lift this <laughs> like <laughs> i love that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's amazing um okay i'm gonna have to go look her up yeah. Uh, somebody else who I, I have actually heard of this one and I think it's through you because uh, he has a dog. Um, I follow his dog on Instagram. Gus Kenworthy mm -hmm. is an Olympic Olympic freestyle skier mm -hmm. uh, who came out as openly gay in 2015 and yeah. competed in the 2018 Olympics. He did. And Very he's cool. like super tatted and he is, he, he is an attractive human. Mm -hmm. But again, like what you would peg like if you saw him on the street you'd be like okay he's athletic definitely yeah. he's kind of tatted he's like a little bit more like model-esque i would say you would not peg him as an athlete right and while he is an attractive athlete which we kind of associate you just wouldn't look at him and be like he's an olympian right you'd be like oh no he's like an actor yeah 
like that kind of mm, that kind of attractive yeah 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 so like i mean actors can be athletes too yes yeah let's see who else we have alex who is this honald honald yeah honald he's is the guy who did uh free solo Ooh. yeah he free soloed yikes yeah He's an oh. adventure rock climber. That makes and my stomach is, turn a little. <laughs> he is rail thin, right? Because he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. He is, <laughs> You're gonna hold yourself onto a fucking cliff for who knows how long with no rope. Yeah, like I hope you're thin. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be hauling this up a mountain. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But if you again, if you saw him on the street, you would be yeah. like, you're one of the top athletes in the world, and you did this incredible feat. Um, yeah. He just looks like a tall, lanky guy who you might be like, do you have an eating disorder? Which, I mean, depending on the pressure he's putting on himself. Yeah, maybe. Well, um, do we want to wait for the train? Well, we've been talking through it, okay. so we'd have to cut. Okay, keep going. <laughs> no train stoppage today. You're all just going to have to listen to it. Sorry, I'm so tired of cutting it out. Um, let's see. The last person on your list, of course, is a Formula One driver. <sighs> This is even a sport. Formula One, it is incredibly taxing on their bodies. They lose something like seven kilos of water in the car. Cause like they're sitting on top of like a rocket. And well, that the, just seems silly. They have like extreme G-force put on them. They go from like 80 to 200 and then back down to take a turn. Like they all have to work. They all have these thick necks cause they have to like work on these like machines that keep their head stable because of all the G-force. And if you Google well, Sergio like Perez, a sport. he looks like a dad. Like he is. And, and the thing about F1 drivers is they're incredible athletes. Like they do this every weekend. They only get a few breaks. Um, they're training all the time, <clears throat> but they have to be small. They can't be over like 160 pounds because of the weight for the car. Well, so it like, was my dream. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so they're all like relatively small guys with big beefy necks. With yeah, some of them kind of look like toes. <laughs> like their necks are so. Um, <laughs> What's the neck equivalent of a cankle? Yeah, right. <laughs> but like you, you wouldn't look at them and be like, "Oh, that's the epitome of a so athleticism." Of athleticism, they're like under five eight some of them are tall lanky like yeah. six one but relatively small you know it kind of goes to like jockey <laughs> they, they're just like ah, yes. very extreme jockeys <laughs> the horses that they are riding <laughs> go to 100 miles an hour <laughs> so silly so silly the other one that i really love shout out to our friend ryan who curls yes is if you look at any of the curling teams like the, the oh US, my god, they're so silly. They're so, like when you're walking down the street and you're like, somebody's like, "Hey, that's an Olympian." You'd be like, "Nah, that's a dad from Minnesota." Like, <laughs> but that's what they are. Yeah. So yeah, the U.S. Olympic team is just dads from Minnesota, from the Midwest. That's what I like to say. Like, it's just insane. So like, athletes come in all shapes, shapes and sizes. Yes. Long story short, don't judge someone by the way they look. Yeah. And athleticism doesn't just have to be for that stereotypical kind of basketball player, football player yeah. kind of body. Like you don't, you don't need to have that body to be an athlete. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's important to celebrate athleticism in all of all bodies, all yeah. body types. Um, we want to work towards or continue working towards promoting healthy athletic endeavors for everybody. Yeah. Just, you know, the average, I don't know, Joe Schmo. Because <laughs> it's important. Like, yeah, you know, it is. We, we, I mean, that's why we're here. We're talking about the importance of fitness. Like, it's so good for you should be active. You should be active. Yeah. Cool. We're going to go be active tomorrow. We are. It's true. Sunday climb day. Mm -hmm. So besides finding a Sunday morning at the gym, uh, you can find a, the podcast on most listening platforms or watch the video on YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure to follow, like, rate, share with everybody you know and the random people you meet. Um, we want more people to like us and listen to us because uh, we need that external validation. Sometimes, especially for this. Yeah. Yep. We want people to know that we want to know that people are enjoying what we do. So let us know that. Yeah, please do. Um, and let us know what you think. Leave us a comment. If you have a fun story about your athleticism, let us know. If you have also rolled an ankle and skinned a knee while walking down the sidewalk, let us know. I don't like feeling alone in that. <laughs> Fitness brought to you by <laughs> the epitome of uh, the uncoordinated <laughs> and cut. <laughs>